Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. And this is Paul. Welcome to uh, a very timely episode of uh, Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. We're going to be talking about uh, Picard Season 2, Episode 6 today, recorded less than a week after right. our, uh, our our previous recording. We're on a roll, Paul. We're on a roll. I don't remember the last time we only had a week in between episodes. It may have been Season 2 of Discovery. <laughs> Because we were so excited to see Anson Mount playing Captain well, Pike. I think it was probably season three of Discovery, uh, early on. You know, when we were when we were in denial at how bad Discovery was. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, 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 it's nice to not be so disheartened by the quality of Star Trek and being able to watch a Star Trek episode from beginning to end and really enjoy it. But we'll talk about two of one. Yeah, that sixth episode, or yeah, sixth episode of season two. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Here in just a bit, but uh, you know, Paul, I wanted to ask you a question uh, because oh. you know you you have got a a lovely young dog there in your home, and oh. I've got I got to ask you I a do. question: do, do you feed your dog inside or outside? Inside. Okay, I'm an outside dog feeder guy, and so you know hmm. I I, uh, I I go and I grab pick up their bowls. I fill up their bowls and I put them back down for for the dogs to eat. And uh, you know, every now and again, only every now and again, I'll wash the bowls. And usually it's a hand wash. Infrequently, I will put them in the dishwasher. And I took them out of the dishwasher today. I was like, huh? I did not realize that was the original color of that bowl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I feel like perhaps I should wash the dog bowls a little bit more frequently. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact of them being outside. But, you know, I, I wanted to ask another dogman, uh, you know, his uh, his approach to the dog bowl. I, I treat my dog like a book treats grudge. <laughs> Bella is a princess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She doesn't like being outside except to do her business. Uh-huh. She is an inside dog. Uh-huh. Sometimes she'll go outside and she'll roll around the grass just to remember what it feels like. And then she'll come right back inside. You know, she, I, I, she's my, an inside dog. My dogs eat outside because two of them are pigs and uh, and, and and engage in behavior that uh, I do not find inside appropriate around their dinner bowls. <laughs> and uh, if, if you've ever owned a boy dog, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know I've got I've got two of my boy dogs who will get territorial around their bowls and pee on the other bowls if they are uh, you know so inclined. 
right? Uh, I and do that as well. I know you do. I know you, I've I seen do. you do that's that why, here at my that's house. Why, that's why we always eat dinner outside. That is better. When Paul comes over, it's dinner al fresco. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I've got, you know, uh, Elmer and Walter will go into the duel of the penises, uh, you know, cue up the duel of the fates. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it it doesn't happen. We don't have that issue. Perhaps, perhaps if we did have doggy, doggy pee pee issues, Uh we would, we would feed Bella outside, but we don't, she's an only dog. She's fine. Yeah. You know, we have a little mat under her food, uh-huh. but you know, that's about it. I think that's what got me to ask you the question because I, I think I saw a picture recently on your Instagram of her, uh, her dog bowl and like a, uh, a pizza chew toy next to it. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. We, the, we put a little, I mean, I don't yeah. know, we didn't do that. We had a, a, a cleaning crew can't come in and they, um, they put it there for, I guess they thought it would be cute. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little, oh, little doggy nice. pizza. Very nice. I mean, I, 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 just, just, just clarify, dear listener, it's a pizza chew toy, not a slice of of genuine delicious pizza. Because Paula Ponte doesn't share his pizza. No, no. Bella, have, Bella I mean, may no, be, a, be Bella may be a princess, but stay the hell away from my pizza. Yeah, <laughs> not pizza. She can eat Tostitos. She can eat cheese. She can eat dog food. That's those. That's it. That's the triangle, the pyramid of doggy food in this house. You know, I don't think we talked about uh, when we were doing our big Picard catch-up last time. Uh-huh. Uh, that I don't think we talked about the uh, the pit bull that was in uh, Ten Forward there we did with, not. with young Guinan and Picard. And you know, I I felt like the dog was indistinguishable from number one. In fact, may have been number one uh, <laughs> in terms possibly. of the actor. But you know, I I, I love that. You know, Patrick Stewart is such a fan of Pitbull Rescue. I love that, you know, if, if, if I'm going to be on set, there needs to be a Pitbull or two. You know, I, I just, I, I feel like... Uh, is is like, that a Patrick Stewart thing? That is a, I think that is a Patrick Stewart thing. Yeah. So. I mean, it sounded like he was on the podcast momentarily. Well, he was. He was. Uh, he died. Now, he, now he's hung up. <laughs> that's all That's all he uh, chimed in to say. <laughs> that is all we can afford on a podcasting budget. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I, I was like, huh, you know, it uh, it struck me that if you were going to have another pit bull on the show, even if it's just another pit bull character, that you would, you know, hire a different pit bull. <laughs> let's not have one that <laughs> looks so much did. the same. Don't be racist. Uh, yeah, I knew you were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. Racism on this podcast. All pit bulls look alike. <laughs> Some of my best friends are pit bulls. <laughs> but didn't they say that dog was a bad actor anyway i am sure they didn't hire the same dog they said that about number one that's for sure and i suspect that you know just based on how little we saw number one in uh the season premiere that i suspect that it was the same bad acting dog that you know we just we like we like number one he just can't be on set for very long yeah, because, I mean, if you notice, I mean, they spent a decent amount of time at Picard's home in that first episode with yeah. him and Laris yeah. and you know, talking and drinking wine and blah, blah, blah. But you only saw that. You only saw number one for like five seconds. Right. And I don't know about you, but when I'm home, my dog is generally pretty close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mine, mine are glued to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm unless number one is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe. And maybe. Um, then, uh, you know, perhaps they just, uh, they're like, Hey, look, he still has the dog, but, uh, 
He's off camera. I do feel like the scenes with number one were to genuinely reassure audiences that number one was still around. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that was it. But, you know, I, I to your point, I think that that maybe number one has picked up some of uh, Captain Picard's uh, bad habits. You know, Ca- Captain Picard, Admiral Picard, whatever you want to call him. You know, he has problems connecting emotionally. Maybe right. that's the same with number one. Perhaps, and maybe perhaps. that's why number one is an asshole. Perhaps number one is the watcher, and that's why he there is you also go. in there you go. We're all focused on why Guinan looks nothing like Guinan. <laughs> and it's really, why does this pit bull look exactly like the other pit bull? I because think you're right, Paul. it is the same pit bull. It's the mystery watcher. solved. Damn. We don't Holy even shit. need to watch the next four yeah, episodes. Done. Done. <laughs> Bam. Just We don't have to watch the rest of this series. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> At all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I have to watch season three. Huh. Huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. I I set this up as just regular old banter for the show. I didn't expect that we were going to solve season two. Right. Possibly Look at that. Season hey, three. Aaron asking about how you feed your dog and all of a sudden, bam. <laughs> it turns into a part. thing. It turns <laughs> into a thing. Well, I got to tell you, I have the, I don't know if it's trick photography. Mm-hmm. Or if it's actually the case, but I sure do feel like the Instagram feed for Mission Chicago, the great big Star Trek convention that, that occurred uh, just this past week, uh, I feel like maybe we attended the wrong Star Trek convention. No, I would say that I feel like Mission Chicago was probably as well attended. Damn. As Mission New York, I do. You know, and I feel I feel like if you look at if you actually look at some of the photos with, you know, you're focused on the person in the front, but if you look towards the back of the, you know, it's certainly not you're not seeing Comic Con level crowds. There, it's pretty sparse in the background on some of those those cosplay photos. Now that being said, Star Trek now certainly has more of a reason to attend a convention sure. than it did when we attended Star Trek New York. Yeah, right. Yeah. When we when we attended that, it was. I think Disco wasn't even... Disco uh, hadn't even... We hadn't even seen a trailer yet for Disco. Yeah, we hadn't even seen yeah. a trailer. They had no crew. They had no cast. And, and if you'll recall, was... we kept expecting a great big announcement, and there yeah. was nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, if you were expecting a great big announcement from Star Trek Mission Chicago, you probably also looked yeah. disappointed. You know, they really shot their goo on uh, First Contact Day. I don't understand yeah. why they didn't save that stuff for the con. I, I truly don't. I, 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 it seems to me that they over-celebrated on First Contact Day and really left Mission Chicago with nothing, which is strange because that's a Paramount-owned convention. Yeah, you know, it's weird to me because, I, you know, perhaps if they are intending that Star Trek, the, the Star Trek mission conventions are not really intended to be big announcement conventions, but rather just celebrations mm-hmm. of, of Star Trek. And, you know, they certainly had all the casts, you know, well, all the casts that are currently on television. In fact, all the casts in general, for the most part, had some type of representation. Yeah. Yeah. The convention. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, but that being said, from an announcement standpoint, there was nothing. Even you know that you had your strange new worlds crew there. You had you know some disco folks, but none you know other than the lower decks uh, trailer premiere or teaser trailer, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah, nothing really announced at the convention. Which for me, you know, I, I kind of 
I don't know. Like I would go into that convention feeling like I would expect an announcement in the same way that yeah. I do from Star Wars Celebration or San Diego Comic-Con. You know, they hype this convention. But if it's really just like a Star Star Trek fan convention and it's just that, that's fine, too. But I feel like the advertising promises something that the it, show itself doesn't deliver. It really suggests Comic-Con level reveals. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the you know it is fully within Paramount's wheelhouse to do it, right? I mean, yeah, 100%, they, this there is, is no reason in the world why they couldn't have revealed the Strange New Worlds trailer at Mission Chicago. There yeah. is no reason in the world you couldn't have made the big revelation about all of the uh, TNG cast coming back for uh, Picard Season 3 at Mission Chicago. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's unusual, and I feel like, uh, I mean, you could simultaneously release that stuff online, and First Contact Day, you can have a teaser on yeah. First Contact Day for things that will be fully revealed. Well, and you could have made, convention. you could have just turned First Contact Day into Star Trek Appreciation Day. You could yeah. have just, you know, you 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 drop, number one, you drop your Star Trek The Motion Picture 4K on First Contact Day, which they did. Yeah. You make that your event. This is your Star Trek appreciation. And, oh, by the way, there's going to be some really cool stuff at Mission Chicago in a couple of days. I don't get it. I don't get but, it. But, you know, yeah, I, I don't either. Um, you know, I, I, we, we, we mentioned this on our last episode. We definitely talked about going to Mission Chicago. We are currently talking about going to Mission Seattle in 2023. I think, you know, I will certainly level set my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that being said... I know that you know, what you you had recently you know you had mentioned at the beginning of this conversation how it appears that the show perhaps was more well attended this time mm-hmm. and I will say I saw very recently that VIP tickets were still on sale like oh, within really? the last you know within a month of the convention actually oh, right. happening um, well you know and those I, did sell out when we went they sure did and I you know on, on the one hand I get it. It, we are still in a public health emergency. Yes. Uh, I, I get it. Um, and it's a little scary to go and be in, you know, such a, you know, a big, big rooms with a whole lot of strangers you don't know. Uh, but I also am not interested. And I got to say this. I don't want to go to a convention where I've got to wear a mask. I really don't. No, I, I certainly yeah. am not going to pay for a picture with a celebrity. And I'm going to do that. Like, you know, you and I got the DS9 cast picture, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I would not want to have a picture either with my mask on with them or separated by a plexiglass like I'm seeing. Unless, of course, I get to be in the plexiglass with William Shatner and we can reenact Spock's death scene from Wrath of uh-huh. Khan. You See? know, yeah. Right, we, we can, you know, Vulcan salute on the glass and both feign uh, that uh, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you should mention this. In If you follow us on Instagram, I-O-M Geek, um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, I will actually be attending. Uh, we, we are invited media to attend Star Wars Celebration That's in, cool. um, in Anaheim, California at the end of May. And... Um, Currently, that convention has a vaccination requirement, which I have no issue with. Mm-hmm. Also, is currently saying that masks are required, yes. and I keep hoping that will change by the time yeah. by the time I go. You know, obviously, we're we're certainly seeing COVID cases on the rise, and you know, we're seeing, in fact, the reinstitution of of indoor masking in certain large cities. Yep. Um, DC. 
yeah, DC, yeah. Philly. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I don't know how things are going to look when I go in a month, but I certainly am not a fan of, to your point of, of wearing one, I'm certainly not going to pay for a picture. Right. With both of us wearing masks. Like what's the right. point? Right. Um, but two, like those star Wars celebrations, I mean, that's, that's a lot. It, yeah. it is a lot. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm not, while I'm certainly looking forward to the convention, I, I mirror your concerns about wearing a mask all day in that environment. And I hear, you know, first for some people who, who are listening, they're like, oh, you know, I do it for my job all day long. Or I, you know, try being a nurse or try being a doctor. I'm like, I hear you. I hear you from from the standpoint of, you know, from my employment or if I'm helping people, I get it. It's not how I choose to have my fun. Right. And and, and that's exactly correct. I mean, I am all about protecting myself and protecting others. I just don't want to pay the amount of money and stand in the number of lines that are involved in attending a mm-hmm. Star Wars convention or a Star Trek convention uh, wearing a mask. That's not something, anything I want to do. That's not part of the fun. And so in that in that circumstance, I would just choose not to go. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, we will certainly be monitoring the situation, though, hopefully in a year from now. You know, of course, we said that's a year ago. Um, (laughs) Things will be in a better situation. But I I do think I would be, you know, I I would be up for Star Trek Mission uh, Seattle. Same. Same. I am. In fact, you know, Paul and I were exchanging uh, texts when they announced Mission Seattle. And I'm like, dude, I am there. We were exchanging nude pictures. That's right. That's right. Uh, Fake nudes. You know, fake nudes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I hope that uh, wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, I really, really, really want to go. Uh, I just really, really, really don't want to wear a mask. Yeah, I hear you. So, but again, I want to be safe. I'm just, I, I'm not saying, you know, screw you. I'm not going if I don't, if I have to wear a mask. What I'm saying is, I'm hoping that the circumstance has changed where masks are no longer necessary. Agreed. That's my hope. So, but you know, with that being said, Star Trek missions. Did look like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There were some some great cast members on display. I mean, uh, Doug Jones was there signing autographs, and friend friend of IOM Geek, Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, a number of folks were there. You know, the the panels, though no news really came out of them. You know, you certainly had some interesting panels. You had the Picard panel without Picard. You had a Prodigy panel. You know, the, the lower decks panel looked like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You, know, you had the main cast show up in in, in uniform, costume. yeah, which was fun. So, I mean, I think there 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 certainly, even though there were no announcements, and that would have been an expectation of mine, I feel like the panels and just like Star Trek Mission New York, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun not only in the convention but in the surrounding area in mm-hmm. Mission New York. We, you know, we found bars that were doing Star Trek experiences. We found. Um, there was like an aircraft carrier that had been converted to a museum yeah. that yeah. that had a you know, US, Star Trek the, experience. The USS Intrepid Museum had the uh, Star Trek exhibit there that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And Paul, don't forget the most important thing that we uh, that we were exposed to in New York: uh, midget, midget strippers. Midget strippers. Mm-hmm. They will fly into your lap. The guy said. He did. The Barker said that at the door. We, we did not go in. And we said, oh, next time, next time. And uh, it, we have not been back since. That's right. That's right. They, we were scared out of New York City by that by that uh, Barker. Yeah. <laughs> Paul and I both looking at each other. Do you want to go? <laughs> Neither one of us having the courage to say, I want to go. <laughs> 
and look what happened. That's right. Now that place probably isn't even open anymore. Yeah, probably. Midget, midget unemployed strippers. That's right. We're responsible for the poor economy of uh, the, uh, you know, small person uh, uh, sex worker. So that's yeah, population. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, that's we us. did it. That's us. Mm. So, you know, there were some announcements last week and um, not the least of which being that uh, uh, we're going to get, you know, we talked about it last week's show, uh, the Next Generation cast coming back to Picard. We've got everybody mm-hmm. there, uh, minus the tertiary characters, really. Like, we don't have a Cole Meany. We don't have a Will Wheaton. We don't have, uh, you know, uh, oh, gosh, uh, I can't suddenly draw on a blank on her name, but, you know, the the, the actor who played Ro Laren. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, we don't have any of those those level of characters. No, I, I want to call you know other than Colmini. I feel like Colmini is a is a miss. Um, now that being said, you know you you look at that original Star Trek Next Generation cast, like the truly mm-hmm. primary cast, other than Denise Crosby, they got everyone that we was considered primary. Like we're Colmini fans, right? You know the the, the the people in the know love them some Miles O'Brien, but yeah. I understand why he's not like hanging out on the bridge with the crew because he didn't do that in the original show. Right. Um, well, he, he was the, a con officer for a brief amount of time, a brief amount of time. Yeah. yeah. But Will Wheaton, you know, put out Will. a blog post, Will Wheaton, mm-hmm. um, put out a blog post, you know, saying, yeah, you know, I saw the announcement. I'm as excited as you guys. I'm looking forward to, to having them on the ready room. And I'm like, this feels an awful like lot like an Andrew Garfield to me. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I was thinking the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like the reason they're not announcing Will Wheaton as part of the season three cast, this is Paul's speculation. And I may, did I say this last week? I don't know. If I did, I'm saying it again. Is because it's ruining, it would ruin something for season two. Maybe. I, I feel like that's why they didn't announce it. Like by announcing the next generation cast returning for season three, no problem. But there's, you know, but Will Wheaton's character, you know, Wesley Crusher, you know, given where he was left, you know, in, in continuity, in mm-hmm. canon storytelling, I feel like the reason they're not announcing him is that is either the impetus of the storyline or it's going to ruin something that's revealed later on in season two. Perhaps Will Wheaton or number one, the dog <laughs> or the watcher. Maybe Will Wheaton is number, number one. one, the dog, and he'll shape change because we saw the traveler in uh, the the uh, the Next Generation series. You know, the mm-hmm. guy who who sort of mentors uh, uh, Wesley Crusher. We see him shape change, right? Yeah, you know, he was an yeah. Indian in that episode. I'm sorry, a Native American in that episode, and he shape changes back to his traveler uh, shape. So I, it could be, it could be that Will Wheaton is a pit bull dog. I, I got to tell you, if episode nine ends with that reveal, I will lose my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could happen. It could happen. It could. Paul, what what other announcements from uh, from Mission Chicago for, from last week do, do we have? Have we covered everything else? I think we've covered everything. You know, if you were at Star Trek Mission Chicago, you know, let us know. Leave us a comment, uh, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can hit us up at the IOM Geek Hotline. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If you use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And, Paul, usually this is information we share at the end of the show, not at the midpoint. It felt, uh, it felt, it felt like good. It, felt it like, did. It felt natural. It, it did. I just don't want folks to just all of a sudden, you know, hit eject on their tape deck. 
Yeah, I'm done <laughs> listening to that. Yeah, I'm done listening to this one. They just eject on their tape deck and move on to their uh, Purple Rain soundtrack. Yeah, how, how did but, it make uh, it to their tape deck? Did they hold their their boombox in front of the computer and, and record? Well, you can and, get uh, you can get podcasts now through the Columbia House Record and Tape Club. Oh, look at that! Yeah, just like your Star Trek: The Next Generation cassette tapes that are still sitting on your shelf catching dust. That is right. That is right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, as Aaron mentioned, we are far from done well maybe not that far i mean we really don't have that much to discuss oh we got there's a lot to discuss oh there's a lot to discuss in two of one actually there is there's a there's quite a few things to discuss in this episode Uh uh-huh so Uh, so we had discussed at the end of the prior episode that i i had misgivings about uh dr gerardi being revealed as a traitor to the crew Again, you know, uh-huh. being under and and now being under some sort of influence, which continues into this episode. My right. my my concern about that story thread continues, um, because you know now it, you know, throughout this episode, Gerardi and uh, Seven of Nine are kind of very much like like Mark Spector and Moon Knight, right? Like who's in control of my body, kind of right. thing. Um, and and but we do see Doctor Gerardi sing in this episode. Now, can I make a complaint about that? <laughs> Can you make anything other than a complaint about that scene? I have okay. a r- real problem with how on cue the uh, spotlight guy was. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Well, or, or anybody, you know, I mean, like, hey, this random person just popped up and started singing um, for, for a... In the middle of a blackout. Right. Heavily screwed, screwed, you know, heavily, heavy security uh-huh. for, for rando person, um, to, to pop up and sing. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that, that scene for me, I don't, I understand that they were going for, um, a distraction, right? Gerardi was just, was setting up a distraction to allow Picard time to, you know, to speak to his, his ancestor. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scene itself felt very dumb. I, I mean, I don't know about how you're saying it. I was like, well, this is uh, kind of stupid. It, you know, like, did they just found out, find out that Alison Pill could sing? And maybe uh, I'm assuming that's her singing voice, maybe? That is, that is actually her singing voice. Yeah, and they're like, hey, you know, she can sing, so let's find a way to use that in the show. It, it, this, this was, I would say this episode was about, because I think it's like a 52-minute episode. Yeah, it felt, it was it probably, felt longer, yeah. Yeah, it felt longer, and it was probably about forty minutes of filler um, in this episode. You oh, know, I don't there think were so. I, you don't think so? I, I think don't. So. I don't. I. Uh, I feel like. I feel like uh, there was a tremendous amount of character development going on. Um, I thought there we were finding out things about our characters and where they were at the moment. Um, I, it was nice having them all in the same room um, and not yeah, having after them separating all the party for a few episodes. Yeah. Um, and I, there was, there was some sort of, in, there was a lot of interesting camera movement. I really appreciated how directed this was. Um, I liked the heist caper sort of, uh, aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got to tell you, I really enjoy the actor who plays Laris or Talum. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I don't know where she's been all my life, but she's fantastic. She is. I, she is very good. I really enjoy her. Uh, I want to go back to the Gerardi song, though. I, you know, I watched the uh, Ready Room with Will Wheaton, and he was interviewing uh, Brent Spiner and Jonathan Frakes. And Frakes said something that I thought was really interesting. He said that the song originally slated for Allison Pill to sing was Feeling Good uh, by uh, Nina Simone, which, of course, is 
a civil rights song. And uh, Alice, it wasn't until Alison Pill pointed that out and that it would probably be inappropriate and tone deaf in our, our current, uh, you know, uh, you know, social and civil unrest in this country for mm. a white woman to be singing a uh, civil rights song. And so that's why they you know, decided on the Pat Benatar song in, instead. And, you know, Jonathan Frake said, you know, I am just so thankful that, you know, Allison Pill was so tuned into that. And, you know, he was just very complimentary. And here's the thing. They averted a possibly very embarrassing, certainly non-Star Trek sort of goof up. And it would have been an honest mistake and they, they would have gotten out of it. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it was noise they didn't have to have. And what I appreciate was the sensitivity to it. And selecting something else and not making it a big deal versus I feel like Discovery might have handled that a different way. You know, that yeah. Discovery would have made more of a thing of it. Uh, I, I just I, I really I, I really appreciate that. The, the Allison Pills, you know, uh, behind the scenes work there. But I also am like, is there nobody, nobody <laughs> on your production team nobody in the writer's room nobody you know involved in the creation of this series other than random actor who can point out that hey this may be in the right song for us to sing apparently not Aaron. I, it blows my mind that there is that that there and it just, what that tells me is that maybe the writers' room isn't culturally diverse enough. <laughs> Fair. Which I mean, and I don't have. I, I, this is just me asking the question because I don't know the cultural makeup of, of the writers' room there. But you know, in past Star Treks, we had a room full of white guys writing mm-hmm. a black a, a black captain and his black son, and I'm like, tell me that there is some diversity in that writers' room. And why the hell didn't somebody figure that out? I just, it it bugs me. It really bugs me. And it should bug the people involved in the production of the show. That they almost had, you know, a very embarrassing circumstance. No one was going to get canceled here, but it would have been embarrassing. And it would have been committed to your show forever. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And, and, And they artfully dodged it. I just... It bugs me that, that that somebody else didn't catch that. But, I, you know, I uh, initially thought I wasn't going to enjoy the Gerardi Borg Queen dynamic. But there were some really interesting shots I felt like Frakes orchestrated uh, in mm-hmm. this episode. Like when Gerardi takes her bow after having sung the song and she bows. And when she comes back up, she's holding hands with the Borg Queen. I mean, I thought that was a really mm-hmm. nice use of the camera to tell the story. And her walking in the in the you know midnight L.A. streets in that brilliant yeah, yeah. red dress, just mm-hmm. owning the town as she saunters. I, I got to tell you, Allison Pill, who is kind of short, yeah, owned that fucking scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was like, I was deeply impressed. With her ability to just command the camera, uh, I, I thought it was great. I really did. I I, I know you feel like there was a, a lot of fluff in this episode. I did not feel that at all. Um, I did. I fact, feel like I, there was fluff, but I, I mean, I understand your. I mean, I, everything you're saying is is not anything I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, for for me, you know, while there were certainly there were certainly elements of the story that didn't move forward. I feel like maybe it took it a little bit of its time getting there. And there were, you know, 
there were turns in the story that I thought were were interesting. A lot of a lot of the action for me happened within the last twenty minutes of the episode. Oh yeah, sure. Um, a lot of the movement, I should say, happened in the last twenty minutes of the episode, including that. You know, one of the things that I was that I found interesting in the show was Soon was being portrayed as the sympathetic character, mm-hmm. you know, who was doing horrible things to save his daughter. Right. And scared dad. That term, he was scared, yeah, scared dad. dad. Yeah. You know, we see that turned on its head in this episode that Soon is, is not a good dude. Not He's at a all. monster. <laughs> yeah, he is a horrible, horrible person. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm, 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 confi- I'm conflicted about how I feel about that turn. I, I liked that his character was was a you know a, a good man forced to do bad things and and seduced by Q. Now we know that like no, this dude's a bastard. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad bad guy. I, you know, I, I, I was. I was startled by the choice to run over Captain Picard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I mean, it was great. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. But uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed, you know, uh, Corey's, you know, her her revelation that, mm-hmm. you know, she's she is a created person, uh, an engineered person, as it were. Mm-hmm. I. I I I like the the darkness there and I enjoy the shift to a lighter take on the relationship between Rafi and Seven. Um I like it when they are bantering off each other. Yeah. Less so when they are ver- when you know they're they're when I want to be able to say this right. Rafi's grief uh over Elnor was overclouding moments of joy in the show. And yeah. I appreciate that we need to mourn Elnor. And I I so much identify. Let me just say this. I so much identify with Rafi seeing Elnor everywhere she goes. Because I gotta tell you, my dad died 12 years ago. I still see him everywhere. That happens to me all the time. Uh, and so, I mean, I completely identify with, with where she is in that moment. But I, I I like that her grief has become a little bit more subtle as opposed to just being blinding rage. Uh, I, yeah. I'm I'm really I'm 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 enjoying that, and I'm really enjoying what they're allowing Jerry Ryan to do with her character. Yeah, you know, I'm almost gonna, I've I've gotten so used to seeing her without uh-huh. the the you know the, the Borg enhancements that. Yeah. Uh, when when she does have them again next season, assuming she does, I'm, I'm I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know the the, the when they were, when Picard was hit by the car and went into a coma. Now I know they loosely explained that, but given his synthetic form, I was surprised at the level of impact it had on him. Right, and right. the fact you, that it put him in a coma. You think he'd be a little tougher. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, Data got jacked up pretty significantly. Well, and, and I know that he is—he is not your traditional Sung android, no. right? But I—I, uh, I, it seems weird to me that the physician treating him can't identify that. Well, he's not exactly human, you know. Beyond yeah. just the weirdness of uh, using the shock paddles, it seems to me like. Things shouldn't look quite so right. Even if he he is an android at such a level that he's got something like blood pumping in his veins, seems like you you know take a look at it under a microscope and go, well, this isn't exactly blood, yeah. right? 
It just it just seems to me like that would be the case. And of course, we all know Data's got an off switch. Why doesn't Picard have one? Why don't they just flip him on his back and you know tickle that little nook and uh, you know turn him back on? You know, tickle that little nook. Tickle that little nook. You know, I, I, what you got to <laughs> do is you got to unplug him. Wait ten seconds. Plug him back in. He'll be good to go. I'm just saying. <laughs> I I uh I feel like the Discovery Writers Room has rubbed off on the Picard Writers Room because we've got to give uh, Picard some deep seated trauma relating to his mother that yeah. we've never heard about before, and we're going to hear all about that in Episode 207 when uh, Talum goes inside Picard. To uh, <laughs> well, and not to, to be an ass, right? Uh-huh, not to be yeah. an ass about this, but the dude is yeah. In, it, in, in continuity, he's what a hundred and twenty years old. One hundred and twenty years old. Yeah, he it really. It, I mean, he yeah. he he made it all that time as the captain, the the admiral, and 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 all these things, and it didn't inhibit his life. I mean, other than the fact that he didn't he, he didn't have a a long term relationship. I'm sorry, Picard has been too too successful in his uh, professional relationships to not have dealt with this already. Yeah. Um, I, I find it a little hard to believe, unless he's battling dementia, right? Uh, in yeah. which case, I would absolutely understand that, but you would think that dementia would not be part of his Android programming. Um, <laughs> well, you never know. Apparently apparently having a broken heart or going into a coma <laughs> over the grief of his mom. But, you know, I will say, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think we are, we, we are conjecturing, but... Yeah, perhaps his android body is causing him to relive memories that he wouldn't have or had he been human. I don't know. Well, and I, I, I would ask if these are maybe memories from this universe's Picard, except he started having these kinds of visions, didn't he, before he yeah. went back to the past. Yeah. So I, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's what, are the, what do you call it? It's retconning, right? We're, right. we're, we're getting a retcon here. It's a, a trauma of his youth that's influenced his love life for the rest of his life. And, yeah. you know, I guess we'll get a, a bit of a resolution to it in episode seven for, in order to, to get some, uh, some winding, you know, winding down or, you know, battling in, in the last few episodes. But yeah, yeah it, it is odd that it has never never come up it's not like they pulled a story thread that had previously been addressed other than to just say well why hasn't picard ever married but you know i I feel like that was argued by the fact that he was a professional starfleet captain for his entire adult life uh until retirement uh you know i i think that there are just people who have difficulties connecting um yeah. But, well, I mean, his love, his mm-hmm. lady, is the sea, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And and making a fine wine. <laughs> exactly. But well, I I dug this episode. I'm really very much enjoying season two of Picard. I just I find it just very entertaining. I am too. I hope they'll stick the landing. I mean, I think there's a lot to enjoy. I think that in the we have we are beyond the halfway point. We've got four more episodes to go. Yep. Very curious to see how the story wraps up, how it sets up season three, and um, hopefully because season two and season three, same creative team, same crew, all that stuff, like they rolled right into each other. Hopefully, season two ends on a high note because that'll give me high hopes for season three as well. Well, I do predict a cliffhanger given that uh, given what we know about season three. Well, we know how it ends. We already yeah. said it. Yeah. You know, the, the number one is going to, you know, morph, morph into Odo Will style. Wheaton. Yeah. Into Will Wheaton. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Write it down. Right. We said it. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I do we do we do it all over again, Paul? Do we say, hey, if you have a question, <laughs> comment, or concern, you want to talk yeah. to us about some Star Treks? Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. If we use your voicemail on the show, you can win a coveted, valuable ideology of badness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, I-O-M Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Well, we're going to do this again next week, Paul. Next week. <laughs> well, we will do this again sometime soon. <laughs> no, we'll next catch week, you Paul. again next we, time. We're, we're developing a cadence. And hey, then, we'll and then, jelly stuff. Eventually, Take care. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 